He slept in his parents' bedroom until he was 13. He wet the bed until he was 14. He doesn't know how to ride a bike. Apparently, he has friends. Welcome to Socially Awkward with Evan Wexel. Wexel. Welcome to Socially Awkward with Evan Wexel. I'm Evan Wexel. This is a podcast where I interview a different Facebook friend every episode. On social media, at Awkward with Evan, on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram, awkwardwithevan.com, to support, patreon.com slash awkwardwithevan, and of course, to review and share and subscribe, you can go to Apple Podcasts, Google Play, Stitcher, TuneIn Radio, and Spotify. So, I started this podcast, I think around back in 2016, my first episode was interviewing my wife and kid, uh, and little did I know, 100 Facebook friends later... Still doing it, still have a lot more to do. And uh, with episode 100, I wanted to shoot for the stars and I ended up in a different galaxy altogether. And I'm really happy with that. Um, I got to interview a, an activist, uh, radio host, uh, TV personality. Uh, she does a lot. She does a lot to, for human rights. And she's even getting into some new things that are going to be ever so much fun. Uh, her name is Carrie Kasem. You probably know her. If you don't know uh, of me and my friends, you definitely know of her last name because she's the daughter of Casey Kasem, the late radio DJ that we all adored. And uh, she definitely gets into the what un, what kind of unfolded as she was struggling to visit him during the final years of his life and how she did not give up. It, it was an amazing story. That's like the thing that blew me away about her. Um, also get into some of her uh, endeavors in nutrition and wellness. And of course she is all up in on the COVID quarantining, safe at home, shelter in place, whatever you want to call it. She has an opinion and uh, it makes kind of sense. And she also has uh, a good perspective having worked so much and been among the elderly in nursing homes and so forth. Uh, she has an interesting take on, on how that's being portrayed in the media, which has even led her into a new podcast that she is going to tell you about and that will be premiering very soon. And that's why I'm going to get this episode out very soon. So I'm very impressed with this person. I uh, couldn't be happier to have her as my guest 100 and this is my talk with Carrie Kasem. All right, so, so no pressure. This is only the 100th episode of Socially Awkward with Evan Wexel. This is my 100th Facebook friend I have interviewed, and I wanted to do something special and Thankfully, I found someone special to be my Facebook friend for this episode, an outstanding speaker, radio personality, TV host, activist, superhero, Carrie Kasem. How are you? I'm good. Thank you so much. That was very sweet. Oh, thank you. Yes. Um, do you do you remember once when I went to your birthday party a few years back and I like on a dry erase board I wrote I wrote the word hero on it and then we had a photo with it all. Yes. Yes, I do. One hundred percent. Yes. I will never forget that. Okay. You had it here. It said hero, and I think there was an arrow pointing, pointing. at you. I was very, yes. and I was very impressed. You just had your um. You, did you just make that demo reel of like all your human rights? Um, advocacy for for 
Kasem cares and, and everything. Was that just a recent thing you put together? Uh, it had newer footage on it. I've been making videos since I've been doing it. So yeah. it had footage from older, like reels and older stuff I've done to mm -hmm. the newer stuff. Cause I, you know, I have to add the new stuff every year. So I added in all the human rights endeavors I've been up to with youth for human rights, United for human rights. So I put it all together as one, not just, um, the bill and not just what I do with my nonprofit case and cares, but, right. uh, everything together. Right now, how now, now that it's been a few years since we're now like, at least me as someone who was running for, for state senators, other people who are finding out how laws work, how is the process in you, um, arranging to speak in Sacramento for the bill? I don't even know what happened to it in, in California, but, um, how was that experience putting it all together and, and going to, to meet the politicians up there? Well, I've been doing it now for almost seven years yeah. and uh, I've been to probably more than half the states in this country Yeah, and I've lobbied, I've talked to senators, I've talked to representatives, I've, talk, I've talked to delegates, I've talked to congressmen, I've, you know, it's, it's the same. You just try to tell them here, there's a problem here in the United States of America. We're not treating our elderly correctly. Uh, adult children have no rights to see their parents once they turn 18. If there's an uncooperative caretaker, you're not getting in your house to see your mom or dad and there's nothing you can do about it. So people don't know that. I'm educating people. I'm showing people, you know, uh, different news clippings of, of uh, you know, who it's happened to. And now that I've come out, and said, look, this is a major problem. You hear it, you hear it everywhere. Yeah. It's not just celebrities anymore. That people thought, oh, this is just a, a rich celebrity problem that you can't go in and see your mom or dad. It has nothing to do with that. There's a massive, massive problems with people who become guardians and steal everything from wow. the elderly loved one and, and isolate them and block all visitation. Wow. So uh, yeah, in my, in my, work in my nonprofit case and cares. I, I have an amazing team and we have gone across the country, uh, placing laws. Uh, we have, we've done 13 laws in 12 States and nine other States have adopted the, the, a version of the case and cares visitation bill. So it's, we have 21 States in all. So you can usually tell right away when a representative is receptive to an idea like this, or can you tell sometimes when they are like, have other things on their mind or they're usually like, sure. they're you can tell like right away sometimes. So, some of them, some yeah. of them are like, Oh, this sounds great. Let's do it. And then they don't return your phone. So, right. you know, it, it just depends on, on yeah. there's a lot of people who are in this for other reasons than they right. should be. And those, you know, those politicians shouldn't be there. All right. Okay. Yeah. I was just curious on the, the mechanics of it all. Um, yeah, because I'm obviously very impressed, and um, I, I hope for a, a good resolution for you personally, and as well as you know, future states adopting uh, what you're putting down. So, uh, very Thank nice. You. Yeah, yeah. And uh, so, I guess I to to change it. I mean, we kind of dove right into something pretty heavy, but uh, to to light it up, like how has the the quarantine, stay at home, shelter in place, all those? How has it been um, in Kasem Land where you are? You know, I. That's a, that's a big question for me because, um, you know, I have, I have a lot of different views than most people. Right. I do think that there's something else going on. Do I believe that there's a, a bad virus? Yes, absolutely. Do I believe that the entire country needed to be shut down because of it? No, I do think there, 
could be precautions in place, absolutely, but to destroy the economy of the United States of America over a bad flu that is 98 to 99% survivable doesn't make sense to me. And let me tell you why. Sure. Let, me, let me tell you why. Because sure. some people might go, oh, that's horrible. And uh, Okay. I've been working with the elderly six and a half years now. And 80,000 people died in 2018. Most of them elderly and immune compromised of the flu. 2019, I think it was 63,000 people died, mostly elderly and immune compromised of the flu. We were not locked in our house. It was not called a pandemic. Nobody cared about the elderly. Nobody said, hey, maybe you know during flu season we should wear gloves and masks and be careful, especially around nursing homes. I have never seen that happen, ever, not one time. Wow. And a lot of people who haven't seen their mom or dad in years, lose them to the flu before they can see them again. But nobody cares. Why now? Why now? Why is this a pandemic now when we've lost 80,000 people a couple of years ago? So to me, there should be precaution every year, right? Right. Not just now. And that's what I have a problem with. But do I think we need, you know, is there a, a flu out there that's not good? Yeah, there is. And it's, and it's worse than most. But that's what 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 I've been seeing and what I've been saying, and it and that is not making sense. How we can lose tens of thousands of Americans every year just from the flu, and there's no precaution at all. I think it's just, is it just the novelty of the name, like the the no. I think there's I that's a whole nother podcast. That's for my Red Pill podcast. That's uh, that's a whole. Um, I, I I go down deep into the rabbit hole on this one. I mean, okay. it's not for this show. People, That's fine. You know. <laughs> I mean, I remember that we can think, talk K-pod. If you want to talk K-pod topics, we can do that as well. Or yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, it's just not, you know, you don't want you don't want this show to be going into a, what people call conspiracy theory, which I call, you know, when, when you've been doing this, when you've been doing shows for a very long time, like I have, right. I've, been, I've been in this business 23 years. Right. Uh, you know, I started in 1993 when I watched a man named David Icke speak. And oh, yeah. then I had a really fun, great conspiracy show called the Red Pill Podcast. You know, some of it was believable, some of it wasn't. But let me tell you what's been consistent since 1993. This entire storyline of what is happening right now. And how do you tell that storyline 30 years ago and be consistent with exactly what's going on now? There's something there. There's oh, not, sure. And that's all I say. It's just, just, you know, dig for yourself, look for yourself. We don't need to get into, you know, what I think and what other people are, you know. I want to save that. So, so that's kind of something we we're going to build to. But yeah, the Red Pill podcast is something you are relaunching on your own and you're going to be bringing on you know, guests that, that you have an affinity for and they, they see they've been behind the curtain and, uh, hopefully they'll unveil a lot. I I actually, one of my Facebook friends in the first 100 was a conspiracy theorist, which, you know, is just a label to, to put attention on the person and bring it away from the topic. That's right. Yeah. So that's right. That's the, uh, the, uh, CIA created the the term conspiracy theory, because um, there were so many people figuring out what really happened to JFK. Yeah. Uh, one bullet couldn't go in four different directions and hit all, you know, it just doesn't make any sense. The Warren Commission reports are a bunch of nonsense. And when people started really going, hey, this doesn't make sense. 
well, the CIA came up with the term conspiracy theorists to make them look like clowns. Um, and that's not okay. So yeah. I, I, I look, I always look at both sides on my show. I'd love to have somebody, you know, uh, who's for vaccines, somebody who's against vaccines and watch the debate. How yeah. to me, how fun is that? We don't have to just do one side. I want to hear both sides of it. And a lot of people like to hear both sides of things. Right. Yeah. Um, and that's what I want to do. Uh, not, you know, not every single show will be a, a debate or anything, but that's what I want to do when I bring back the, uh, the, the red pill podcast, because in our society today and with news and the media mm -hmm. being such a bunch of BS most of the time, mm -hmm. um, I, you don't see the other side of thing. Why, why, yeah. why aren't you seeing the other side of 5g? Why why aren't you seeing the other side of vaccines? Whether it's right or wrong and whether you believe in that or not, it doesn't matter. That's not why I'm doing this. It's I want to hear both sides of the argument, yeah. you know, and in mainstream media, you see one thing, you see one thing only. You are never told about statistics on, you know, it's like people right. get the flu shot every year. There are no statistics on how many people get sick from that flu shot, how many people, um, end up in the ER right anyway. Now I have, I have, uh, there's no transparency. There's also no transparency on what's in the flu shot and what can make you sick with other side effects later on down the, down the road. How effective is it? We don't know because they're not transparent. So, um, and it, and it, and it is not eliminated the flu. So to, to what I say too, and to people who uh, are like, oh, you're, you're, you know, you're anti-vax. No, if I got bitten by a rabid dog and there was not a, a rabies shot, I'd be dead. Yeah. So thank God there's a, a, a vaccine for the rabies, right? Thank right. God. Right. Um, tetanus maybe, but I got very sick off a tetanus shot when I took it in uh, 2007. Very, very sick, which right. I think it was the beginning of my Lyme disease. It's oh, wow. a, a whole nother thing, but I want to hear, I want, to, I want that to be transparent. I've had doctors and nurses on my shows before, and I asked them, hey, you work in the emergency room. I want to know how many people who have gotten the flu shot come in there and have the flu. And yeah, one of the answers was at least 50%. Yeah. So I want those people talking about it, and then I want somebody on the four vaccines and why it's good. And, and you know, I want to hear both sides. Yeah, I think now with you're obviously going the route of you know, let's, let's create a forum. Has, yeah. has the bug ever bit you where you would have the itch to ever seek office? You know, I've been asked that several times. Um, but I would, I take a vested interest because I would want to be your Lieutenant governor. Oh, thank you. Um, <laughs> I do, I do. I think, uh, unfortunately, California, you know, it's too extremely left. And when it, something is too extremely left or too extremely right, there's no common sense. And to me, you've got to have common sense. And what the media does by using the blue and red and the, you know, the right and left right. is tear our country apart for ratings. And that's what you're seeing. You're seeing our country being torn apart for ratings. You're seeing people being divided for ratings, hatred for ratings. And that is not okay with me. Where is the common sense? Why can't you, why can't you skew a little left on these ideas or a little right on these ideas? Right. Right. What, what, that our, our country was based off of a Republic, 
not of a two party system. And that makes me infuriated. You know, it really does because that is not how America is supposed to be. And, and the actual experience for you would probably just, it would, it would, it would be a, it would be a net negative probably if you were to try to go through something like that or, or do you, could you even entertain it one way or the other or eh. like, what do you mean? Like, would you like, 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 you're like, you know what? Let me just, run and like my experience was here's what happened to me i got a call like i got a call on my home phone line i never answered my home line i just i i picked up the phone i gave it to my kid i'm like whoever this is just ask them are you my dad and i gave him the phone (laughs) and i said ask them again ask him again are you my dad then he hands me the phone and it's someone from the libertarian party calling me and saying and i don't Libertarian, fine. I, I paid my my twenty five dollars in the last year. They called me, and they're like, you know, your guy's running unopposed. Your state senator. Do you want to run against him? And I'm like, uh, okay. <laughs> yeah. So I kind of just threw yeah. myself into the race on a whim, and I I was very happy with the campaign. I pretty much know what happens. It happened to me. I'm not going to reveal that until the Secretary of State reveals the the final count. But um, I don't know. Like, it's it's a weird. Could you? You'd be taking, you know, like, you know, your brand or whatever your, your endeavors are and then putting it onto that like political pipeline. It could go like, you know, one of two ways. I, I, I don't know. I would, I would love to have a governor Kasem in 2022, but that's, that's for me. And, uh, you, you do what Thanks. you do what you do. So, you know, it, it's a, it'd be interesting to have a platform, uh, like that. Yeah. Um, but I, I, I don't know 2022 is where they're going to be ready for somebody that has it's 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 very different than what what's going on right now sure. in in Sacramento. I'm I'm not okay with yeah. uh, with yeah. how it's being run. Yeah. Um. And uh. Oh, sorry, my cat. No, that's okay. My string. Sorry, hold on. <laughs> it's okay. So we're gonna get back to my talk with Carrie just a smidge. Uh, you can support this podcast by going to patreon.com slash funny Evan. That's a website where uh, you can be a monthly supporter to this podcast for uh, a varying at a varying number of uh, tiers and there's reward tiers for that stuff. Um, even t-shirts, sponsorship, consultations, whatever you need. Um, it can be rewarded for your support to this podcast because uh, I'm, I'm willing to talk to any Facebook friend I have. Um, and if you're listening to this, maybe there's a chance that you are one. Uh, maybe I've already spoken to you. Uh, I've interviewed someone that wore the Trump dress on the Grammy at the Grammy Awards. I've interviewed someone that is campaigning hard for Joe Biden. So I don't really have a, a, a preference who I talk to. I just want to talk to more and more Facebook friends, and it allows me more time to do that with your support. It allows me to keep uh, handling the costs that come with this podcast, as well as even maybe upgrading the setup of this podcast. So, um, definitely check it out. Um, I try to give more posts to my patrons. I have a handful of patrons that are very helpful to me, and uh, maybe you can be as well. Uh, I have already said too much. Let's get back to my talk with Carrie Kasem. He's like trying to bite the. <laughs> He's so cute. Is this the cat oh, you God, had? He's so this, cute. Did you always have he the two cats? Oh, okay. Stray. Yeah, nice. well, my, my other one died, you know, the 20-year-old who right. he passed, and that was the love of my life. But yeah. he, this cat was a, oh, God, he's so cute. He's <laughs> He was a stray for five years, and I brought him in, and 
I, I brought him in and he's just learning to play this year. Oh, it's nice. been four years, four and a half years that he's lived inside with me, four years. Yeah. And he's just learning to play. So precious. Yeah. Well, I'm, I'm more, I have, I have a couple that were, I guess they were rescued or adopted young and uh i like having them like they can jump from like you know like boxes onto the top of the fridge and they just they hide behind the microwave and you know they have their spaces and like nope gotta go so yeah Yeah. okay good let's let's get more on cat stuff then um (laughs) or did you always (laughs) did you have it did you have cats growing up i did um you know, I, I've always had animals. We've had dogs and cats and lizards and snakes and hamsters and horses. So I, I just, I love animals. I'm a vegan. I, I just, my dad was a vegan. Mm-hmm. My dad became a vegan, but nobody could even say the name, the word. <laughs> it was vegan. I mean, you know, he was <laughs> he was a vegan when the whole, uh, you know, River Phoenix and the Phoenix family are all vegans. And wow. I remember getting to together with them when we were kids. And I, it just... Like nobody knew what this was, this plant-based lifestyle, but very interesting. Yeah. In, and in uh, your, in your my... sorry, go ahead. No, go ahead. Go ahead. No. So in your Beverly Hills growing, growing up and it's, it's cool. You get to, you know, the fun stories, I hang out with the Phoenix family. And then you were telling me the other day, like, cause I was asking you, how's your Passover going? And you and you, and you celebrate Passover, not Jewish, but I guess growing up in Beverly no. Hills. Yeah, I have I have tons of Jewish friends. I've had several Jewish boyfriends. Yep. Uh, but but growing up in Beverly Hills, we went you know to Shabbat every Friday, and then <laughs> we would sneak out when we got older. You know, yeah. <laughs> it was like let's do the Friday um, Shabbat, and then we you know we would sneak out. It was horrible. But I would go to temple with my friends. Uh, you know, we we did Hebrew school. So if you look, I, I so you went you was, went to Hebrew school and you weren't even Jewish. You're the first. No, just for fun because we wanted to hang out with oh, our friends. Mary oh, wow. and Danny, they were our neighbors, so we could go to Hebrew school with them. We only went a few times, but right. it was fun, you know. Like, how was it? Um, how we, was it structured? Because with me, I think we had like a third of it was like reading and writing, and a third of uh-huh. it was like the history. Yes, and then exactly. that was mo- that was mostly what you had, like Abraham, and then Sarah and Rebecca and Jacob and all yeah, that. I mean, I, I just remember like. We went and we didn't pay much attention. So, but you know, it was kind of fun. It was kind of cool. I couldn't read anything. Right. But I know, you know, some of the prayers, the <laughs> Can you write Carrie Kasem in Hebrew? I can't. I can't. Oh, I'll I, I, teach you. Somebody showed me. Oh, someone did show you. Okay. Carrie Kasem. Now, did you have like a bat mitzvah, bar mitzvah to go to every weekend when you were 13? Uh, a hundred percent. And I still do now because all my friends are now grown up and they're like, have their kids and they're yeah. all doing bar mitzvahs, bat mitzvahs, what's benign mitzvahs, you know, like every, everybody's your kids now, you, you, they, they expect you to go to their, their mitzvahs. So, so now you get there and now do you try to like hoard some of the things that the DJs give away? Like I want that $5 <laughs> pair of sunglasses. I want the tambourine <laughs> or I want the glow stick. Yeah, no. no I okay, just, man. yeah. I go and you, you're probably watching it like, you know what? I can DJ this thing. Like, I could do this. <laughs> no. no. Let me call Nikki Six. Let's do DJ. this. Let's, no. let's turn it up. Okay. Um, Definitely not a DJ. Okay. But you've all, so it's good. You've always, it's good. You found radio. You followed that path. I met you initially when I believe you were doing XM. Um, was it Sixth Sense? Was that just show? Yeah, Sixth Sense with Nikki Six. So you were mostly just showcasing 
rock acts? Was it a mix of interviews? It was everything. We yeah. did celebrities. We did musicians. We did rock news. We did. I mean, it was really just pop culture. Yeah. And uh, when I was a kid, I would sneak out of the house, hitchhike to the Sunset Strip, <laughs> and I would try and get in the club so bad. I was such a metalhead. I loved rock music. Yeah. I loved the Sunset Strip. Um, I was obsessed with Guns N' Roses, obsessed with Poison and <laughs> Rat. And like, I knew Molly Crew, but when I went and auditioned and they're like, oh yeah, you'll be auditioning, you know, with Nikki Six. It was like, oh, that's freaking cool. And then yeah. I like listened to all the music and I was like, okay, because I was not, I, I, I knew of course they're big hits, but right. I was not the huge Motley Crue fan. You know, I was more Metallica and Guns N' Roses and, you know, well, Voodoo, all that. Um, but, you know, I, I, uh, I, I got the job and, and when I was you know, young, all I wanted to do was, I thought it was so cool to go on the tour bus and go on tour. And I did that for five years, you know, yeah. four or five months out of the year, we were on tour. So I was on the tour bus and we would do our radio show every night before they would go on stage. Whoa. And uh, it's pretty cool. See with, see, with me, I was on tour, not with Bon Jovi. I was in t- on tour with Bon Jovi fans, following Bon Jovi yeah. in the fan club, as led by that's his fun. mom, Car- uh, Carol, oh, Mrs. B. Fun. So it's fun. fun. It's fun. I Even during this time, I've, I've fired up Facebook Live, and I invite all the fans back, and I just like play Bon Jovi covers or uh, some of my stuff, and they all, like, you know, they, all, they all check in from like all over the country or internationally. It's, it's really fun. It's a, it's a good community. That's cool. Yeah. If you ever had, yeah. did, you, did you see any of the, the recent guns and roses tours when they came back? I didn't see the ones that ju- were just back. I did see them play, yeah. uh, uh, with Axel, there was a charity thing that they did and I yeah. got to see them there and that was so awesome. Yeah. I, and I think I saw one event where I saw slash with Macy gray and then Duff McKagan singing song. I have to look it up on my phone. I don't, I don't know. Um, have you discovered any good media or fun shows to watch during this time inside? Let's see. Um, okay. I do not watch reality shows at all. Yeah. So I, I actually, you know, my, my roommate is like, in love with that bachelor and bachelorette. I'm like, I can't, I've never seen an episode. I don't watch that <laughs> stuff. I don't watch anything like that. But I got, I found myself liking this. I can't believe I'm even going to admit this, but yes. it was called love is blind. Love is blind where they, these people, they, they don't see each other and they just fall in love with, you know, speaking to each other with a wall in front of them. And, and then they get married. And <laughs> I, I just, one of the couple I follow is, is, uh, is Cameron and Lauren and they are so cute and so adorable. They've been together for over a year. They, I think they're going to get their own show, but, but it, they're just, it was cute. I couldn't believe I found myself really, really having fun watching that, but okay. So get rid of the reality. I'm a, okay. I love what people now describe and I think it's kind of odd and weird, but it's murder porn. Right. Yeah. Do you know, have you so, heard that? So term? what are you talking like? St- I mean, I understand. I've heard the term like fear porn, like the news is fear porn. But. Yeah, but murder porn is like true crime. And I'm like, what? When somebody said that to me, I went, uh, I guess I like it. That's weird. <laughs> what did, well, I, my Kelly just had, was in, something's airing right now on like the ID network. It's like a reenactment of, of one of those types of stories. I'm just trying to find out 
what she was on. I've seen everything. Like when I tell you, I've seen everything. Turn on Netflix, hit True Crime. Ninety-five percent of it, I've already already seen. Um, I'm pathetic. I don't know what's wrong with me, but it started when uh, the first forty-eight came out. I watched every. I mean, now they're on their what? 10th, 11th, twelfth season. I don't know. Eighteenth season. I don't know. Um, I'm just. I, I just. It, it got. It grabbed me, and I just. It pulled me in. Okay. Yeah. There's something called "Torn from the Headlines." New York Post reports, and it's called CSI Slay. Oh, that's oh, it's more of like yeah. a reenactment. Then, you know, yeah, I'm not so much into those. That's like um, a, that's like a mix of like did. what happened versus unsolved mysteries. I don't know. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, they did do when I when my when my whole family family was in the news for what happened to my dad and yeah. us trying to see him. Yeah. They did an entire episode. So on like it was either CSI or one of one of those one of those uh dun 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 kind of shows. Yeah, I don't yeah. know exactly what dun, it's dun, called. Dun, 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 dun. But I'm like I watched it. I went, what is this? this? Is my they literally ripped it says ripped from the headlines. Yeah. They had me and my sister there. They had a guy who looked just like my dad. The mom was played by uh Marsha Fox or Marsha, I think it's her name. Marsha Fox, I think it is. I don't know. Marsha. Yeah. She's the redhead from Oh God. Desperate Housewives. She's the redhead. Marsha something. Anyway, yeah. but uh and I'm like, what is this? And it was my story. And I'm watching it. And I'm like, this is crazy. And just recently, a few months ago, I'm on an airplane and plane and the episode came out. I'm like, oh God, I forgot they had done this. So I was ripped from the headlines. <laughs> so weird. Uh, so weird. Now, have have you ever been mistaken? Is there like a is a there a celebrity you've been mistaken for most frequently? Whenever, like, you're if you're ever ripped from the headlines, oh, you're that. Is it ever mix you up with someone else or not so much? No, I'm trying to think. That's good. Not so much. No, people people don't mix me up with anybody. Yeah. yeah. I think I once got mixed up with Jim Parsons from Big Bang, Sheldon. Oh, like, yeah, I, yeah, yeah. I have a little yeah. bit of Sheldon. Uh, yeah. Anywho. Um, okay. So, so, <laughs> so I guess, I guess before to, to kind of let you go, um, you're very kind with your time now as, as my 100th Facebook friend now, and you have been a host yourself. So can we turn the tables? Do you have any questions for me? We've known each other. Um, so, so for like maybe nine years, maybe like the last three years better. Do you have any questions for me as you, the host and me, the guest? Um, let me see. You can, you can pass if you want. You're like, "Ah, I'm good. (laughs) Okay. Now what's your favorite TV show? Uh, Beckett is named after Sam Beckett lead character in quantum leap. Ah, yes. Yes. That was a great show. I would, that was a great I would, show. I would still like to have a way for him to meet Scott Bakula. I think that would be nice, but I don't know if I would contact his representatives yeah. or what. I'm sure you can. I'm sure there are. Oh, yeah. you're cutting out a little. Sorry. I'm, I'm back. Says I. Okay, good. No, I, they have, I'm sure you can. I'm sure they have those like meet and greets that he's at, you know? Yes. Um, yeah. Unless out- that all ends. No, I, you know what? Who knows where we're going to be? I think this whole thing is built on agreement. 
we've all kind of made an agreement, mm -hmm. or at least not us, but others, that the yeah. environment is super dangerous and that germs are everywhere and that masks protect us and staying inside is the way of life now. So, you know, enough of us have to kind of break that agreement because as you've mentioned, the statistics don't back up this kind of action. So they, they don't. And it's, it's kind of scary. Um, it's kind of scary. There's, um, there's a great quote by Benjamin Franklin that says any society that will give up a little liberty to gain a little security will deserve, will deserve neither and lose both. Boom. Yeah. Yeah. And that's very true. Um, and that's very scary because people, people are okay with putting their rights aside with destroying the constitution in the name of safety. When there's, they're watching a media that makes money on fear mongering and it doesn't, it's just really hard for me to believe that there's a lot of people going, Nope, this doesn't make sense. Nope. This doesn't make sense. Yep. So I'm, I'm there's a lot of people waking up. Yeah. I, you know, we'll, we'll see how we come out of it and we'll see how much leaders listen to their people and how much more people is vocal, how much people is more vocal than, than, political folks. So yeah, we'll, we'll see where it goes. Um, oh, one other thing I want to ask you is like when you, you've obviously established a few, you know, brands and companies, um, when you talked, you're at the Grant Cardone, who's a big, like motivational speaker, finance guy, you got to speak at his growth con. Um, what, yeah. what is like, what did you, what was your overarching message when you got to speak at events like those? Oh, um, like, you know, I usually tell my story and mm. what I did and, how I 10 X, if you would use that term, yeah. my life and won an impossible uh, court case that I was told uh, by my lawyers, by my family, I'd never win. And I, it didn't matter what was said to me. I knew I was going to win. Yeah. And if I would have had that mentality with everything I've done in my life, where would I be now? And where would yeah. you be now? Like if you just said, you just did not agree with people who told you you couldn't. Yeah. And that's where I was at. And it, it proved to me something. But I, I just knew that even if I failed, that I would not be able to live my, with myself if I didn't try and help my dad and do everything I could in my power to save him. Yeah. And whether I did it, which I did, I was very successful in actually winning the court case. My dad did die shortly after. Right. But uh, I did win the court case. I got my dad to a hospital. We tried to save his life. It was too late. Right. Um, as, as opposed to just sitting back and doing nothing or being like, Oh, I'm going to lose. I'm going to lose all my money. I'm going to lose my house. Like I was told. Mm -hmm. And, uh, and to me, it's, it's, it was just a story of what motivated me. What was my inspiration? How did I get this fire inside that basically told everybody to fuck off that didn't <laughs> believe in me, including my entire family that didn't like, not all of them. There were a mm -hmm. lot of people in my family are like, don't do this. You're going to lose your house. She's going to, she's going to go on air and she's going to tell lies about you. I'm like, I don't care. Bring it on. And every time my stepmother told these outrageous, egregious lies about me, I proved her wrong in court. And every time I did, the judge knew, okay, this woman is not, uh, is not credible. And, yeah. and, and it became, she became so like not believable yeah. and she lied so much that when she did do something egregious and she did, and we proved elder abuse, yeah. I won the case, but I knew I had to stick it out. Yeah. 
Uh, persistence definitely and uh you know it's just like confronting something like that that's the one thing that's i the first the first reason out that i think i'm most impressed is with about you is like how one can experience that kind of experience with a with family and still like persevere and still like stay upright the entire time and not to say i'm sure there were like valleys and tough days but i mean to see from like a distance, just like an onlooker, like, oh my, she's, she's still, she's still going. Um, extremely impressive. And, uh, Thank you. you have my admiration. So, um, I, I appreciate that. Yeah. Thank you. yeah. So, um, yeah, I guess that I'll, I'll let you get back to, to, to you. I know it's been cool to see you have like print stuff that's coming out. Is there any other things you'd like to promote, um, coming up? Obviously, kerrycasem.com to, I mean, yeah, and then I have anybody who's uh, anybody who's going through uh, anxiety, um, they're feeling worry, uh, you've been diagnosed with, you know, uh, depression, ADD, whatever that may be, whatever is going on, a lot of that, and I got I got all those diagnoses. So uh, when I did get diagnosed with um, all these different mental illnesses, the doctor uh, that did that to me, not, not one time took an ounce of blood from my body, because if he would have he would have seen that I was so anemic, meaning not enough iron in my system, not enough oxygen was going to my head or my heart. Right. And of course, what does that mimic? What does that mimic? That means you can't focus, you're tired all the time, your moods are up and down, it mimics certain mental illnesses, right? Right. So, uh, so I, I realized that when I, he gave me all this medication and it literally, I hit rock bottom. I'm like, I want to, I'd rather die than take this shit. And I gave it back to him. <laughs> and then I started my own journey to health. Yeah. I started my own journey to health. And I said, what, what, what's going on? I went to an integrated doctor. He did all my blood tests. He goes, you need to get into a hospital and get iron right now. That's how low I was. I had to go and sit with this, all the cancer patients and get ferritin iron in my veins wow. like three times uh, in a week just to get my, it was that bad. And my vitamin D levels were bad. My magnesium was gone. So without magnesium, vitamin D3, and uh, an iron, you know, you can with. There's a lot. There's a lot when you deal with 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 uh, vitamin deficiencies, and there's a lot of uh, illnesses that they mimic. But because so many people are thrown on drugs before the the health of the body's looked at and the underlying health cause yeah. uh, before that's even looked at. Here's a pill. Here's a pill. Here's a pill. And now your body is desperately needing help, whether you're actually have an illness or vitamin deficiencies, or you can't sleep or you're, you're um, there's so many different things going on in, in life that even allergies, food allergies can mimic certain mental illnesses. So I decided enough's enough. I teamed up with a guy who uh, created a, a vitamin that has over 34 independent studies on it. Each vitamin takes four days to make, unlike two to four hours, each, you know, regular vitamins. And they are nanotechnology, <laughs> so they actually absorb. You take a scoop of this in water or you take capsules and you you, you take it, you actually immediately feel a difference. Like it's Whoa. not a joke. And so I'm like, okay, I have to, I have to get this out to people. I have to, they need to try this first before they, you know, yeah. do whatever, please. And I'll tell you something, I'm changing people's lives every day. And my boyfriend, who is a 
wellness and health coach yep. and deals with children and adults who've been diagnosed with ADD, ADHD, uh, depression, all these different little diagnoses that are actually vitamin deficiencies, food allergies, sleep issues, uh, an underlying health cause. We, he figures that out. He's amazing. He's got a biofeedback machine. He works with doctors that do blood tests and he can 95% of the time switch everything around and either get the person, you know, well, or if they're taking medication, get the person, you know, with the doctor's help, of course, off the medication. And we, we don't tell anybody to get off the medication unless it's completely done with the doctor. Yeah. But, um, but we've helped so many people like that. And that, that is the, this venture that I've been on for the last year, uh, and getting this and getting my company started called breakthrough naturally. Right. So anybody can go to breakthroughnaturally.com. We have a, a hotline that's open with counselors five days a week from 7am to 4pm every day. Um, and that's Pacific. And I'm, I, I love it. I'm just so happy. It helped me and I, I hope it, you know, to reach millions of people so it can help them as well. Okay. That's phenomenal. Cool. So we've got, um, carriecasem.com breakthrough naturally, Red Pill Podcast is coming. And so much. <laughs> who knows? That's the thing. You have to take this opportunity to like create stuff. So like I'm doing I'm doing something next week with a college virtually. I can't do comedy. I'm I could do comedy virtually, but it's like, eh, I will. I'm willing to, but I created like a talk on like the dangerous environment. I took a yeah. I took a course on that. I'm like, let's turn this into a PowerPoint and get it out. So it's good. It's good. You got to kind of reinvent yourself when, when the world wants to go back in a shell. So, yeah. uh, we'll get it out. We'll, we'll fix this place. So, uh, <laughs> keep going, keep doing what you're doing and, and thank you for being guest 100. Oh, thank you for having me as guest 100. I feel so special. Yes, you should. <laughs> yeah. Thanks, Evan. You got it. Okay. All right. Can't thank Carrie Kasem enough for coming on the podcast to be episode 100. Uh, I have another great guest lined up as well as all of those Facebook friends I have yet to interview. And uh, if you are a new one of mine, um, you know, you could be interviewed now just as likely as someone who's been my Facebook friend since 2006 who I've never spoken to. So um, definitely uh, connect on social media at Awkward with Evan. Uh, follow up on episodes and subscribe at, at iTunes, Google Play, Stitcher, TuneIn Radio, all that stuff. And uh, yeah, stay stay on board if you can. Um, this has been a lot of fun. And uh, as we are, most of us are stuck inside. Uh, we have a lot more time where I can do stuff like this. So uh, definitely stay awkward. It's been a good 100 episodes. Let's be awkward for a million more. And toodles. Thanks for listening. Go to awkwardwithevan.com to like, share, and subscribe to the podcast. Now for Evan's mom to pick out his clothes for tomorrow. See you next time on Socially Awkward with Evan Wexel. 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 Wexel.